0: and welcome to episode 230 of 40 going on 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh.
1: And this week we are talking about getting much, much older and stealing lots of money. That's right. Baby boomers. Then and wait, no. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> going I'm in style.
2: I'm definitely for the stealing money part. It's the getting older. I don't really want to do.
1: Yeah, that'll be reinforced by these films. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, at least one of them.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting show because we didn't really chat too much about our opinions. Nope,
0: nope. Pretty quiet. Yeah, the the wires were down. So, but yeah, so it's the uh, 1979 version of Going in Style versus the 2017 Going in Style. So, well,
1: if you'd like to go in style, you can go in style with the Podcast Collective shows. Uh Such as on the block, dating baggage, tales from the hard side, the internet with Scott the Bullboy, and of course the Rad Dad Radio. Rad
3: Dad! <laughs> right.
0: right. If you're looking for our older stuff, iTunes Blueberry Stitcher. Hey Cleveland! <laughs> Cleveland rocks, from what I've heard. TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, Geek Life Radio, 12 noon on Saturdays, and 708 Now rap is 78669-9727 for voicemails. We have which, a voicemail. We have, a, yes. And I believe this is Jeff from Michigan. We have to ask Joel right. because he's the one who knows all these people. Well, play, play it. it. All right. Here we go. Got some more options for duets for Santana that even Santana can't fix. Uh, Santana and Coldplay, Duet of the Century.
2: Or worse than that, the new
3: spoken album combination of Santana and William Shatner. Or the absolute
2: worst option is the Christmas special of Santana
3: and Rosie O'Donnell. Anyway, love the show, guys. Thank you, Michigan. Have a good one. Bye.
2: Ew.
0: I would listen to Santana and William Shatner. I wouldn't
2: Once. listen, to, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. listen to Rosie O'Donnell and yeah. mm. <laughs> Ew.
0: Santana and Coldplay. That's
2: that could that might work on some level.
0: It might make Coldplay better, but it might make Santana um, worse.
2: I don't know if it's possible to make Coldplay better.
0: All I'm sure is you would hear it over
1: the speakers at Whole Foods. <laughs>
2: <laughs> For
1: Cold sure, sir. yes, That's my jam.
0: <laughs> That's my Sorry, peanut that's butter. My soccer mom. <laughs> but I could hear the
2: <laughs> yoga pants. Cold Tana. I'm trying to think of it.
0: Any... Cold yeah. Tana. That sounds like that sounds like some kind of like spin-off drink from Zima.
2: Don't you want a cold Tana? Do, do,
0: do, do, what would cold do, do, do. Tana taste like? Goop.
3: Sadness.
0: <laughs> Goop. <laughs> I'm going Dad to read...
2: Spray I'm... tan. That's Gwyneth Paltrow's nickname, so that's what uh, oh. cold Tana would taste like
0: oh wow yeah it's about that time give pat an hour
1: this weekend music
2: movies (laughs) and tv
1: (laughs) And sports. Holy (laughs) crap. The Josh Dubstep remix. I haven't heard that in years. (laughs) I I think you haven't used it in literal years. Yeah. It it, it still
2: gets Joel.
3: Yep. (laughs) It's (laughs) moving. It's just something about the way he he says it. I don't know. Uh,
2: The way you look tonight, Josh. Yeah.
3: (laughs) 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 Okay.
2: Still gets him. That's amazing.
3: We're still in love after all these years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Today's date is the 25th of December, 1979. That was the original release of Going in Style.
3: Well, that's not the acronym of the week. Geese. Nope. No. <laughs> all right. Well, then music in that case. Do you like Pina Coladas? The number one song was Escape, the Pina Colada
0: song by Rupert Holmes. I love that song, but it's a song about two terrible people that belong together.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's no way the ending of that song is how that scenario plays
0: out.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, you were gonna cheat on me, I was gonna cheat on you. Oh, <laughs> oh
0: you, you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> you my oh,
2: chocolate. you got your penis in my vagina.
0: What
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> movies <laughs>
3: Uh the concerts of the people of nope. Kampuchea. Right, start
2: start over.
3: The concerts for the people. <laughs> of Campuchia were held over December 26th to the 29th at the Hammersmith Odin in London to raise funds for victims of war in Cambodia. Queen, The Who, The Clash, Wings, Elvis Costello, and members of Led Zeppelin all take part.
0: I that sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds like a concert I want to see. Yeah. You can't. Oh. I, can't I like I like the right fact there. that you you spoke the word Cambodia better than four. <laughs> I don't, I'm on? not going to hold that over you, but just pointing it out. October?
3: Okay. On December 31st, on the 8th annual New Year's Rockin' Eve special. Special? <laughs> I can't say special either. There are appearances by the Oak Ridge Boys, the Village People, Chic, Blondie,
0: and Barry Manilow. That's a concert I don't want to see. Oh, come on. Village People Live has to be, especially in 79...
1: I think I would go to both of those concerts. I would be more excited about the first one, but I would attend both.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just like the second one is like the Oakridge Boys are like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> Dude, right? <laughs> just like, did you? And Barry read? is like,
2: "This is awesome."
0: <laughs> the Oakridge Boys um, are like, did you read that invitation right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and in '79, I'm pretty sure Blondie would have been completely whacked out on coke.
2: Oh yeah. And gorgeous, don't forget that.
3: Mm -hmm. Indeed. The Oak Ridge Boys. I thought we were playing with Led Zeppelin. (laughs) Wrong show. Blondie still is pretty attractive. She looks like she ate Barry Manilow, but she's still attractive. Oh, Oh, God. Anyway, on December 30th, the American progressive rock group Emerson, Lake, and Palmer officially break up. After a disastrous tour in which their use of a full-string orchestra, among other extravagant musical choices, causes them to lose... $3 Three million dollars overall. Brutal. Wow. That's
0: that's a hell of a loss. And I also
2: qu- like how you you took the word touring and turned it into string. <laughs> a full touring orchestra, a full string orchestra.
3: <laughs> it makes more sense. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what he
0: said.
2: He's just making up words now.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I don't know what's and wrong. And you know what? You know what? full he- string October. <laughs>
0: No movie. <laughs> you know what the saddest thing about that is? Yes. They lose three million overall. Name one song by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Lucky man. <laughs> there you go.
3: All I can think are Super Supertramp songs right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's their most famous song, though. Lucky man. You know the song?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I mean, all the all that money and well, sorry. living thing.
2: No, that's, that's ELO, uh, right? yeah, ELO. That'd Damn be, it!
3: That Damn it! That was close. <laughs> right. Uh, similar acrony- acronyms, anyway. Uh, Bob Breyer, drummer of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> what is with you? Bob Breyer, drummer for My Chemical <laughs> <laughs> Romance, was born on December 30th. You're gonna kill me!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have a chest cold, and you're making me laugh way too much. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: Movie. And movies.
0: The well, number one movie in the land was Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, a great way to kill two and three quarters of an hour.
3: Oh, that was A <laughs>
1: bit of a snooze fest. Oh yeah, I was going to say it's a good way to kill off your insomnia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my, it ends with a bald chick. <clears throat> my my mom took us to go see that at the theaters. I remember that being like, I like Star Trek. I don't know what this is. They <laughs> even had action
3: figures. Hmm. No wonder they didn't do much. <laughs> the action figures.
2: The action figures were sold with quotes around action.
1: <laughs> All right, movies released this week included Cannibal Holocaust, Demonoid, Skate Town USA and The Great Monkey Ripoff. All right. That's a hell of a slate.
0: I need to know more about that last one. I had to Yeah. Know.
3: Cannibal Holocaust, arguably the first uh, found footage film.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's strange. Yeah. Uh, I do not know what The Great Monkey Ripoff is.
0: <laughs> uh it's I our... saw that title I had to put it in there. Alright, so credited cast is Jay Bard as Snake Charmer, Judy Brooks as Tourist, Asha Chitare as Ram, mm-hmm. Susan Desaire as Taylor, and Robert Dorning as Sir Charles Fitzhugh. <laughs> what there's something What's... called Chow Kidar? What's the plot? Oh my god, Chow Kidar, and that's played by Alan Hale Jr. <laughs> uh, not... Skipper. Yeah. What the hell? and Dinesh Kothari. What is this about? There's no... There's no I think, it's,
2: it? I think that the, the title is self-explanatory, sir.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're just throwing poop for two hours.
2: Oh, I thought it was about like an Ocean's Eleven, but with monkeys. It,
3: it says, The Great Monkey Ripoff. An animal trader makes a deal to steal monkeys from temple grounds in India. That's the extent of the <laughs> synopsis I just found.
1: I was actually hoping it was more like face-off,
0: but with a monkey.
2: Oh, so someone is ripping off monkeys. The monkeys aren't ripping people off.
0: I have completely I'm lost... I'm much less interested Yeah, now. I have no interest in this movie anymore.
1: All right, well, let's go on to the next item, which is Daryl F. Zanuck, American film producer and president and co-founder of 20, 20th Century Fox, died at 77 years ago of age... What? <laughs> I,
2: I threw a go
1: in there. It's catching. Joel
0: is catching... <laughs> Who's
3: doing he it
1: did. now. Who's doing it? Oh he my 27 years of age on December 21st of pneumonia. He produced among other films Torah Torah Torah, *All About Eve*, *The King and I*. And the acronym of the week: HGWMV, better known as Hand George Went My Vagina.
3: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> While he's eating bean. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, that is How Green Was My Valley.
3: Oh. I like Josh's idea better.
2: you were close.
1: Uh, he was the original Harvey Weinstein in every way, being a blockbuster movie producer and a serial womanizer. <laughs> An investigative article about him is where the term casting couch originated. Wow.
2: Yep. So it's been going on for a long time in Hollywood.
0: Oh,
3: yeah. Somebody get George Wenham.
0: on <laughs> Tora, Tora, Tora. When I worked at the video store, we would always play that in December for... Uh... Um, the anniversary. Like of... see George
2: went on the casting couch?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hand me another vagina. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: this one's all gone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. I, uh, I don't
2: know why why Norm <laughs> MacDonald turned into like or something. Like... <laughs> uh,
1: well, well, Diego I... Luna Alexander is a Mexican actor, director, and producer. He is Appeared in many films, including itumama Mama Tambien, Milk, Flatliners, and Rogue One. He was born December
0: 29th. I, I have like seen it. three of those four movies. I have not seen Milk. I would have actually guessed that was the one you didn't see.
2: I still haven't seen e Mama, but I haven't seen Milk either. Yeah. And, and I haven't seen we Flatliners. We watched Rogue One and Flatliners, for sure. You stepped on my joke, stupid. Shut it up. You unhappy.
1: You
3: stepped on his stupid joke.
2: Yeah, your stupid joke stepped on my stupid
3: head pad. No. of the vagina.
0: What? <laughs> TV! <laughs> Top shows in the land are The Vernon Shirley, Three's Company, and Happy Days.
2: I can't. Well,
0: never mind. More than likely, that's followed up by Mork and Mindy and. The what? Jeffersons. The Jeffersons, different. yeah. A different world. No, 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 no. No, that won't fit.
3: That's what she said.
0: We had to explain jumping the shark to the kids this week.
2: Did you show them the video?
0: Yeah. I was making this like, so there was this guy, the Fonz. Hey! And that that, that took about 10 minutes of conversation, right? There,
2: right.
0: So what makes him cool? He can he can turn on the jukebox by just hitting it. Well, why doesn't somebody else just hit it? Because only Fonzie hits the jukebox. That's how he, it works. He owns a motorcycle. He's got a leather jacket.
2: And he uses his thumbs.
0: Hey. Hey. So. He's
2: got great hair. Kids won't
0: get flotty. Nah. They got Jumping the Shark, though. <laughs> so, uh, Bree Williamson, best known for the role of Jessica Buchanan on the ABC soap opera One Life to Live, was born on December 28th. So there you go. Uh, the premiere of Knott's Landing was on December 27th, and that was hmm. my parents' jam They every week. Knot's really? Landing. Yeah, it blew yeah. my mind. In retrospect, I'm watching Knots Landing now. I've watched reruns. I'm like, what was wrong with you two?
2: Well, of course, you know, my father really loved Desperate Housewives, so I can't judge anybody. Yeah. his doctor once told him, um, oh, you should watch it. It's fun. And so he always used that as an excuse. He's like, what's doctor recommended?
0: (laughs) Well, I can't argue with that.
2: Yeah, I, I had to give him that. I'm like, all right, I guess technically you're right, so.
0: So, uh, Holly Madison, playboy model, reality TV star, and former member of the Girls Next Door threesome of Hugh Hefner's blonde harem, was born December 23rd. Hmm. Oh.
1: I would like to know more about this person. Please subscribe me to your newsletter.
0: <laughs> you have been subscribed to Holly Madison News. Welcome to Holly Madison News. She is five foot seven.
2: Has big boobies.
0: They're fake. This is almost as good as Betty White Facts. <laughs> Welcome to Betty White Facts. <laughs> you have subscribed
2: subscribe to Barry White Facts. <laughs> Barry White Facts. Show
0: you that. Right. I can't Google that fast. All right, quick, sports. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, moving on to sports. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I am sick, so if it sounds awful, well.
0: It'll still it. be better than Joel's music. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you get what you pay for. Nope. All right. Carson Palmer, born December 27th. Is a former NFL quarterback who played 15 seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals and Arizona Cardinals. He played college football at USC, won the Heisman Trophy in 2002, and was the first overall pick in the 2003 NFL draft. And he recorded songs with Emerson and Lake.
3: <laughs> it's a living thing. Oh, it's
2: still, 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 still yellow. It's yellow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the terrible thing to lose. <sighs>
2: James Riley Blake is a retired professional tennis player who made 24 singles finals appearances with a 10 and 14 record while achieving a career high world singles ranking of number four. Career highlights included reaching the finals of the 2006 Tennis Masters Cup, the semifinals of the Beijing Olympics, the, uh, the quarterfinals of the Australian Open and U.S. Open. His two titles for the U.S. at the Hopman Cup are an event record. Blake was a key performer for the United States 2007 Davis Cup Championship team, going 2-0 for the champion in the championship versus Russia. And he was apparently, as in the words of Angela, a sexy beast. My ex Angela really dug him.
3: Rar. I guess. Okay. I don't, I don't know who he is.
2: When he played, he had like a. Uh, a mop of, like, Sideshow Bob hair, almost.
0: Oh, yes, because the picture I just came up with him, I had a picture of him bald, and then I have a picture of... uh, What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie called Sexy Beast. Starring... Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, yeah, that's kind of weird.
2: Wait, did your microphone just pick up me saying Sexy Beast and did a search for that? No. Oh, okay.
0: I turned on. that off. Ever since you guys like kept telling Google <laughs> to search for goatsy and shit like that.
3: Yeah. Blue waffle. Blue waffle. No. <laughs> Goatsey blue waffle. Okay, yeah. Google.
2: <laughs> Gary Unger
3: <laughs>
2: played, in, played Gary Unger played in his then record nine hundred and fourteenth consecutive NHL game on December twenty first. The record stands second all time at this moment. Wow. On December twenty third, the New York Islanders faced their greatest shutout loss in history versus the Chicago Blackhawks eight to zero. Out. Hmm. Which is a lot of goals in, in hockey.
0: Yeah. I'm just I'm just realizing that I did not initially notice the word consecutive for the Gary Unger thing.
2: Yeah, nine hundred and fourteen consecutive
0: games. That's insane. Yes. Didn't I mean and you figure for hockey at one point or another he might have been knocked clean out. You well know. the
2: record holder uh literally from the from his first game he ever played till he retired never missed starting in one single NHL game. Huh. Like nine hundred and seventy something games.
0: That's insane.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean to never be injured, never be suspended, never nothing. Like
0: well, especially in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> He's playing the wrong sport. <laughs>
2: you gotta be a real nice guy in hockey.
0: <laughs> it's like Jay playing hockey.
2: <laughs> oh, excuse, excuse me. me. Did, <laughs> didn't mean to check you against the wall there.
0: Sorry about that. Oh. Oh, buy you a sausage after the game.
2: <laughs> Wink. And then lastly in sports, on December twenty fifth, the opening day of the fourth Test cricket, India lost eight to one hundred and twelve versus Pakistan at Kanpur.
3: Holy crap! People are leaving at about a hundred
0: and there. So yeah, there's,
2: there's there's no no massacre rule in cricket apparently.
0: Huh. Can we just What's go it? home? No, you must get your beating.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's still another six hours of this. No. Alright, well that's the end of the tweet. Play us off keyboard, Joel.
3: Na, 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 na.
0: <clears throat> so I have never seen either of these movies, but Patrick went on and on and on about these. That he loved it from his childhood.
2: Yes. Going in Style was a movie that I really liked as a kid. Um I remember watching it several times uh with my family. And once on my own, mm-hmm. so we. But I haven't watched. I hadn't watched it in in a, a good twenty five years, so it was all all my viewings were in my childhood.
0: Yeah, so this is um, nineteen seventy nine. Plot is Joe, Al, and Willie, are three old men who have resigned themselves to dying. One night, Joe hatches a scheme to put a bit of excitement back into their lives, robbing a bank. So um, that. Sounds like a pretty hilarious premise. Yeah, so that that was written by a one Murray Chapman on, uh, IMDb because the IMDb description was actually less exciting than that. Uh, this currently has a ninety. Oh, percent
2: little that little synopsis was somebody took credit for writing that.
0: Apparently, apparently a one Murray Chapman did.
2: Murray, Murray, man,
0: you're on fire.
2: Yeah, it's it's a two sentence synopsis. Don't take credit for that. That's nothing special.
0: It's uh,
3: better than that uh, Get the Monkey movie or whatever synopsis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's got you there. So um, <clears throat> this is ri- uh, directed... well a little bit bad. 90% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Yes.
3: This is another one from my childhood, too. For, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have it on VHS still down in the basement. Huh. I've seen it a number of times.
0: This is brand new to me. Yeah. Brand new to me also. So directed by Martin Brest. Not his that his career kind. ended with Geely. Ooh. But he's got such things in here as besides this, Scent of a Woman, Midnight Run, Beverly yeah, he, Hills Cop, Meet Joe Black. I mean he's got
3: He had a good career, and then Geely happened and he just stopped.
0: <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Well, that's enough of that. I guess I'm done. <laughs> I've said all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> that was his
2: opus. He was done after
0: that. So yeah, so um this is based off of a book. A story by Edward Edward J. Cannon, um, <clears throat> and apparently that is the wrong link because he's not a dean at uh, Oak school in Wisconsin.
2: He might be, you don't know.
0: So well, I mean, he wrote the book. So uh, Martin Brest wrote the screenplay. This stars a George Burns as Joe, Art Carney as Al, Lee Strasberg as Willie, and Charles Hallahan as Pete. A mere two, three years before his head falls off and crawls across the floor on its own.
2: Yeah, seeing him in a normal movie was kind of, I
0: was
2: like, no, I don't know, you're the guy from Thing.
0: Yeah, like, I'm waiting for the time when your head falls off. Aww. Um, I like Mr. Hollihan.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know. An hour into the... Wait, uh, do we have trivia? Let's do trivia. Yeah, let's do trivia. Trivia first.
0: Where Joe, George Burns, is looking through his old photos and other memorabilia, he looks at a photo of a young couple, presumably Joe and his wife, and it makes him cry. The photo is actually a picture of Burns and his real late wife, the legendary stage partner, Gracie Allen.
2: And I I recognized that, actually, when I was watching it. I believe that. I knew that was Burns and Allen in that picture. I like Gracie Allen. She was... She
0: had great comedic timing. She did. Well, the two of them together were fantastic. If you listen to yep. their old, old stand-up routines. Yep. Yeah, they're fantastic. So, um, Although the three portrayed seniors of approximately the same age, their ages from oldest to youngest were over 20 years in difference. The oldest was George Burns, who was born in 1896. <laughs> died in 1996 and made 100 years old. Uh, who was 83 at the shooting of this movie. Lee Strasberg was born in 1901, died in 1982, and made it to 81 years old, and was 78 when they made this movie. And Art Carney, born in 1918, just a young'un, died in 2003, made it to 85 years, and he was only 61 years old when the film was made.
3: See, my grandfather was born in 1895, made it to 1995 or no, 1896 to 1996, and died at
0: 100. Yeah, your so. wait, your grandfather was George Burns. <laughs> no, but I thought it was ironic, but not ironic.
3: But the, 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 George, kinda, George Burns' brother. It was a they good year, were similar in terms yeah. of when they were born and everything.
2: Yeah, that's, that's funny.
0: 1896, good year to be born. Lots of longevity in that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually added this one on myself. It's not trivia from there, but George Burns, after this, at uh, 83 years of age would go on to make 11 more movies and TV appearances, and even a 10-episode run of the George Burns Comedy Week, uh, which was in 1985, after making this movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, this is five years or so before he became, like, my parents, one of their favorite actors. After this one, he did Oh, God, Book Two. Oh, I assume Oh, God,
0: You Devil was... Before Or was it well after this? Nope. Nope. It was right after this. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. <clears throat> excuse me. There was Oh, God. Where'd it go? I just lost it. Going in Style, uh, 1979. Oh, God, Book 2 was 1980. And then Oh, God, You Devil was 1984. Huh. Yeah. Which was right after the George Burns Celebrates 80 Years in Show Business TV movie. So... You got to give the guy credit, man. I mean, he his his movies are ridiculous. His very first movie was in
3: 1929.
0: So, Audrey Pat Pat that was an old joke. I think yeah. He's dead. Apparently, he can't hear you. He or, died, I think. or he's muted again and doesn't realize it. Patrick. Let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's figuring yep. that one out. Um, so, yeah, so there's more trivia on this one. The neon sign outside of Joe, L. and Willie's apartment advertised Schaefer beer on uh, now a relatively little-known brand. The New York-based Schaefer was once the world's best-selling beer and a title which was then ceded to Budweiser in the 70s.
2: Yeah, you would throw to me when I'm having a coughing fit.
0: <laughs> was that what
2: it was? <laughs> yeah, I was definitely muted, but I was coughing my lungs out.
0: Oh, okay. Well, good to know. At least you're not dead. So, uh, also...
3: Yeah, critic, try harder next
0: time. Uh, critic Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune gave the film three and a half stars, remarking that it treats old age with a lot of bitterness, and my suspicion is that this picture will be a healthy catharsis of anyone who is old or is thinking about becoming old. <laughs> I don't think
2: he understands what catharsis means.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean...
2: I, I, I don't think this movie was a salve or any kind of. Yeah, I don't think it was cathartic by any stretch.
0: Yeah. No. I, I I could
1: see a little bit of a no matter what it takes, we're reclaiming something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I got that more from the now, but I mean, we'll get there. But sure. Yeah. It, I would. I would definitely. Okay. Well, let's. I'll just talk about it. Um, this movie was much darker than I remembered it being.
1: No um, shit.
2: <laughs> I don't I I, I joked I, I watched this movie with a friend of mine and um I I told him about before I was like yeah this is, I remember watching this when I was a kid I used to love it. it you know made me laugh and everything blah 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 whatever yada yada comedy about Rob, old men robbing a bank and we're watching it and watching it and he's all like when does the comedy start? <laughs> <laughs> and I am I'm, I'm like yeah this is a lot darker than I remember and long story short on that I would, I, I was I was like at the end of the movie I'm like well, that's very telling about myself as a child that I thought this was a comedy because you
3: know, <laughs> apparently, well, I've been,
2: apparently I've been a depressive pessimist my entire life. I watched this movie and I'm like, oh, the laughs.
3: Yeah, it's all you, perspective, though.
1: You see the uh, poster and it's got the three of them with the Groucho Marx fake glasses on. It's like, oh, this is going to be lighthearted. an hour, And
0: you're like, I came here to laugh, not to feel. Exactly. I'm like that. <laughs> I was I was watching this and I'm like, oh, I mean. You, you look at the look at the Lee Strasberg, Art Carney, George Burns. Those three should be hilarious together, and they were funny. But at the same, you know, in in like, oh, cool, this is funny. Oh, they're going to rob the bank. Oh, this is going to be good. And one's dead. Right. That's not funny. Maybe yeah, it'll get be. funny now. Oh, wait, yeah, they went to Vegas. That's hilarious. Oh man, they're playing craps. This is awesome. Oh wait, and now Art Carney's dead. Who's yeah, going to die next?
2: This movie is is almost the textbook definition of bittersweet. Yeah. There's Uh, all kinds of moments that are just, you know, you're like, oh, you know, they're old men taking back their lives. It's empowering. It's whatever. And then, oh, but every decision that they make, they pay for.
1: (laughs) Well, well, I mean, that's the thing is I think they're kind of reclaiming their dignity, knowing they're about to die. And it's like they get it and then they die. And. Uh, Joe George Burns's character can never get all the way there and his performance I was very impressed by the uh emotion that comes to mind is quiet rage
0: it's just like how life is treated him and his friends and that's and that is the way I got that from him is he is just he's angry he's
2: and he's a man with a lot of personal dignity and he feels mm-hmm. like he that's pretty much been stripped away from him as as he's getting older and everything's you know and things are starting to break down and he's running out of money and all that kind of stuff and and
1: but he does not give up that dignified air. He doesn't even lose his cool when
0: he's obviously just infuriated at the world. Right. And or well, or when he's being arrested for you know stealing from a bank.
3: Well, and I mean their their lives up to that point consisted of them sitting on a park bench which i i kept kept wondering this time around because like i said a moment ago perspective is different now from where it was when pat and i watched it as a kid even though we're not in our 80s or 90s we're in our 40s and um it, it made me wonder if if george had never hatched the plot if they all still would have lived longer yeah. anyway but what would the quality of life have been
0: yeah what of so well, I, I, the thing is, like, I used to the comment, the one comment that we had in the, um, in there was the, uh, what was that, what was that comment that George Burns said to the kid? He's got a head like they make a piss pot out of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means.
2: I, I don't either, but I'm using that in my day. I, that's back in my rotation. I'm, it's back in my head. I'm using it.
0: You got a head you like have, a piss pot. I'm.
2: <laughs> you got the kind of head they make a piss pot out of.
0: So, I mean, but it started out with that kind of like sardonic, like, oh, these guys are going to be like really sassy. Yeah,
2: they're going to be. It felt like a, a, an early version of grumpy old men in mm-hmm. the beginning.
0: It did. And then they then they robbed them. They come up with the plan to rob the bank, which is pretty much we're going to get these uh, Groucho Marx glasses, steal some yeah. guns from my, my cousin, and just go in and rob it.
2: Well, this is yeah, the- very. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say it, it's
1: very generous calling it a plan because everything's like, uh, I don't know. I guess we just kind of do
0: it. Right.
3: Yeah. We get guns and masks and we go. And they we did, we literally... just get a whole
0: shit
2: ton of bullets and figure out which ones fit.
0: Okay. Which I love that scene. That was. I do have to say, them trying to figure out which bullets fit in the guns. It was, was pretty damn funny. Is this this one? Yeah, you know, and when when uh, George Burns tries to slap the the chamber back in and bullets go everywhere, and it goes, oh, that wasn't that that was it. Yep. Yep. Now yep. we got to start over. <laughs> yeah, Willie's got more bullets than you. He's doing better, but the it it, it was a. I think there were a lot of people in the seventies went to go see this and saw that poster and said George Burns, Art Carney, Lee Strasberg, awesome. And then they came out and they were like. It's not what I expected, but it wasn't bad.
3: They were like George Burns, Art Carney, and Lee Strasberg. Oh,
0: exactly. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction. It was like, this is not the movie I
0: thought I was going to watch, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's like it really – I mean, it, while it wasn't the, the laugh laugh-a-minute comedy that I was expecting it to be, I really enjoyed this movie. I really felt for these characters.
2: And that's one of the reasons why I think I've always liked this movie is because it, it was just very realistic and just not, you know, even though it was, it was funny, it was, it had real moments and I don't, I don't know why it struck a chord with the young version of me, but it, it certainly did.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact that the, the bank robbery is in this one anyway, is really just the stepping off point. The movie is really about their relationship and what they do after i mean whereas in the other one which we'll get to the robbery was more the third act
0: yeah you know and the all three of these guys you can tell that in their prime they were they were somebody for lack of a better way to describe it uh one of the comments that i did notice from george burns was he commented about being in world war one at one point in the movie about being you know i haven't flown i haven't done this since back when i was in world war one you know so you expect that this is an ex-soldier kind of trying trying to reconcile what he's done to his life to what it's become now sitting on the park bench and telling kids that they're gonna be taken to kindergarten in a moving van um but i mean i felt for every single one of them I mean, the the Awkwardness of Willie of Lee Strasberg in the whole situation. Art Carney the whole time he's just kind of like, yeah, sure. What else Don't are we go gonna long. do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was definitely the follower of the group. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, how likely is it, Pat, that somebody could go to Vegas and shoot that well at crabs?
2: It happens. It's uh, it's rare. I mean, you know, you hear stories about it happening probably probably once a year. You'll somebody will go on a run like that. The longest run ever somebody uh, had. I think it was eighty seven consecutive winning rolls.
0: Oh my god.
2: Wow. Yeah, yeah they, they start they they started with like a hundred dollar chip and walked out with, with over a million. Jesus. Yeah.
0: That's insane. No that, wonder people gamble. Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, you know, for that there's a million people that start with a million and end up with a hundred.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. There's
2: yeah. an old joke there's an old joke in gambling like how do you make a how do you make a small fortune in gambling? Start with a large fortune.
3: <laughs> True story.
1: Yeah, I definitely won big like the second time I was in Vegas, and it gave it all back plus some. The years since, mm. yeah, still chasing the rush of that one super hot day.
2: And that's why they never mind anybody having one big win because they're like they know that the, it's it's so incredibly rare for somebody to just take their one win and
0: never come back. Right. Well, no, uh, unless you go home and drop dead.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, something that they mentioned earlier was about um, what they did with the money afterwards, and I don't think they intended on giving it away initially, um, at least not the way that they did. But the way that George Burns handled that throughout the course of the film, where it started with the twenty-five grand, and then eventually it ended up being technically all of it. You know, he was trying to make right by his friends. Um, and make sure somebody else could enjoy life like they had for that last little
2: bit. and, and he knew he could do his part to help a good man and a, fam- and, a, and a good family not end up in the same situation that all three of them did, where mm-hmm. you know they're just old and bitter and they have nothing. You know he's like, here's a chance for me to give you a leg up on everybody else."
1: Well, and that's the thing is, I think the point is very well underlined that the money isn't the point. Mm-hmm. The having something to do that isn't just sitting around slowly dying, that's what they reclaimed.
2: Yeah, re- they re- they reclaimed being alive, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and one one last one last chance to to not feel like you're marching towards death as you're marching towards death.
0: Yeah, and that I think almost was kind of victorious for both Willie and Al for Art Carney and Lee Strasberg was Willie who seemed to be the timid like oh, no I don't want to. You know, okay, Joel. You're gonna hate me for saying this, but when I was looking at this, I when I met after I got Willie, I was like, oh, Willie reminds me of Joel because in <laughs> no, college, that's not wrong. yeah, no, because in college we're like, hey, we're gonna jump out the window into that tree. Uh, I don't know if that's a great idea. Yeah, let's come play on, a rousing Joel. Rousing
2: game of let's keep
0: Joel awake. Yeah, it's not nice, but it's not wrong. No, no, no. no. But I mean, right. yeah. but I'm not I mean, gonna disagree. Yeah, but Willie, I mean, he he died at the end of it uh, after after the heist itself. But, I mean, he he lived in that moment. I mean, he was, he actually, he came forward and it was like suddenly turned into the guy, you know, telling people to lay down and shut up type of thing when those two guys walked in. Uh, you know, he was a really timid guy who suddenly became the uh, the enforcer during. He really the, got
2: into it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And he, he, you can even see that when George Burns and Art Carney kind of looked at each other in that one in like, oh, where'd this come from? <laughs> right. You know? But it it was it was sad when Willie died, but at the same time he went out after robbing a bank at eighty some years old. Yeah, I was surprised at the end when all
1: three of them didn't die because it was like oh shit, going in style. Like this is mm-hmm. they're going out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that brings us to okay, so Willie dies. <clears throat> And one of the things that I actually didn't notice is that I expect I thought there was actually more of a time span between Willie dying and them going to Vegas.
2: No, they went like the night of the funeral. Yeah,
0: they like finished the funeral and they went to Vegas, got on a plane. and they, I thought it was hilarious how they're like in the airport and they're like, well, I got the tickets. Well, you don't need a reservation or anything? No, you just walk up and buy them, Huh.
2: <laughs> yeah, because like Art Carney even at one point he makes the comment, you know, I need some sleep. I haven't, you know, and that's one of the reasons why he got so worn out. Yeah. They didn't well, even go to sleep. They just flew right to Vegas
1: and, and couldn't sleep on the plane, got nervous that they were going to get robbed for all their money and had to fly right back.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I thought it was what I did think was kind of funny when, um, Joe buys the tickets, when George Burns buy this buys the tickets, well, how much time do we have till the fight starts three minutes? It was just like, you, <laughs> you, you know, there's no backing out now. Yep. He, I, th- and I think Joe did that purposely. Oh yeah, he totally did that. Like, look, you're there. Art, you, you know, well, Al, you're you're waffling on me. You're kind of getting to the point where you don't want to do this anymore. If I'm going to force your hand, look, we have three minutes to get to that plane. Otherwise, we're going to miss it.
2: Well, he. And, I mean, you could tell throughout the movie he knew exactly how to play both of them. Oh, oh yes. yeah,
0: and
1: he wanted to make them reclaim their lives. And I think there was a bit of frustration that he saw what they got and how they died. And he didn't get all the way there, like even uh with the thrills of sending his friends off that way, and the thrills of going to Vegas and robbing the bank i I think he was a little frustrated because whatever it was they found, he couldn't quite reach it, mm-hmm. but
2: he almost got it in prison because i mean he as he said they they almost treated him like royalty, you know I yeah. mean, and he got the respect that he you know had been. Wanting life to give him—that's
1: a good point. Yeah, That's, He had a better life in prison than he had outside of prison.
2: Yeah.
3: Yep. Because he was basically the old guy that robbed a bank. So how many people are not going to be like, dude, we want to hear the story. Plus, like he said, they're all wanting to know where the money is. So they're being extra nice to him t- for that reason too.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and there is going to be—I mean, there really is going to be a level of respect for you know the old man who robbed a bank because. Everybody's like, this dude's cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No one's gonna get any tough guy points for beating the shit out of him.
0: Yeah. Right. right. But you know, he's gonna come in with total respect from the entire crew in the in the prison because, dude, you robbed a bank when you can barely walk. <laughs> and,
3: right.
2: they, and they're gonna and they're gonna love him because he's a funny, smart ass guy.
0: Yeah. And he
3: gets three hots in a cot. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how that goes, right, Pat? And,
2: and he got to take care of you know he got to take care of Pete's family, so he... I think overall he you know he 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 did win.
0: Yeah. One of the one of the scenes that I really did like was when that girl was starting to smile at Art Carney,
2: and he was, oh, yeah. when he
0: was playing the slot machine, he's like, "Yeah, hey, you know, yeah, let's." And they're making googly eyes at each other, and then George <laughs> Burns comes up behind is just like, "No." <laughs> uh, my impression there was that she was a prostitute. Oh yeah. And, and he yeah, was like,
1: "We don't want any." Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, no,
2: no. She, she had, I mean, because that's a standard thing. Like you know, they, you know, they'll stand and they'll watch the winners and everything, and they'll try to figure out who's got extra money and. She knew that they had won, so she's flirting with him, and he doesn't understand she's a prostitute. But George Burns, being a man of the world, walks up and knows exactly what's going on. So he's like, "No."
0: Yeah, I like lo- I love how he just casually just gets up to a like right under his shoulder and just mm mm not happening. <laughs> right,
3: move along, nothing to see here.
0: Yeah, but you know what? And that was kind of like the the whole I don't say the whole personality of George Burns in this thing was. You know, he was almost. uh, He was. He was the leader of these guys, but he's known them for so long. He's taken care of them. Also, he knows where he knows where Al is going to slip up at, and it's going to be the women. He knows where Lee's going to. Well, Elise Strasberg, where Willie's going to slip up at, and it's going to be the the hesitation of doing something totally like off the wall like that. Um. And and that's that's Joel. I mean, Pat said it. Joel, Pat, no, who's left? Josh. Josh said it. <laughs> um, Josh said it this morning. It's like, I, I, when we started the show, it was like, I came to laugh. Damn it, you made me feel.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, And one more thing is I actually watched this on my tablet when I was on the way home from uh, work on uh, Monday night. And very rarely will anybody interact with me when I'm watching one of the movies that we're watching for this show. Because nine times out of ten, it's some crazy-ass shit that nobody ever wants to you know, like, it's like Berserk, the anime. Nobody wants to talk norm, to that guy. The normies guy. don't watch it. Exactly. I had a guy who came up to me and was like, are you watching Going in Style? I'm like, really? yeah. Yeah, just a complete stranger. Came up, are you watching Going in Style? Like, yeah, 1970. He man, I love that movie now I'm and he talked man I just thought that movie was fantastic it was good stuff man I was, oh man this is the best. I'm like yeah I'm really enjoying it it's good it's great stuff now this is before they robbed the bank so 20 minutes later I'm like dude <laughs> you got my I, I wanted laughs I wanted slapstick I want to see George Burns you know like firing off a gun and like scaring people uh, which I got that
2: I, I don't want George Burns going through an old photo album and making me feel
0: and him peeing himself
2: that was, that was fun. I mean, as sad as that scene was, though, when he's saw like...
0: <laughs> the like, circle is complete.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, crying and peeing yourself. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's... And this is the thing. It's not the movie that I expected to see, but I'm not sorry that I saw it. I honestly think it may have been the
3: performance of George Burns' career.
2: I agree with that. Wow. Oh. This, this is one of my favorite performances of his,
3: yeah. I don't know that I can disagree with that. Huh. Not that I want to, but...
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of something else that might be. I've always liked him, but
1: uh, I like respect him as a serious actor more than I had before seeing this.
0: That is the thing; is I always saw him from Burns and Allen. All that I always saw him as a comedian. In this one, he does pull out the dramatic side of his his skill box, I guess. Um, Though I will say the the um, uh, Sunshine Boys. That is a good one. That That is. is, That I, like, is,
2: I like going in style more. Don't, I don't have to go with going in style.
0: But you know, at the same time, I won't I won't turn down either either of those. I mean, George Burns is a legendary Hollywood actor. So I mean it's I, I would watch any of them. Even when he was in uh I'm scrolling through his stuff, college holiday and he played a guy called George Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I really I I this movie was not the uh, the the rollicking comedy that I thought I remembered it as. What the I,
0: hell is this? I'm wait wait. I don't mean okay. I don't mean to. I don't mean okay. College ready. Holiday. You know you think George Burns has got Jack Benny, jo- George Burns, and Gracie Allen. Okay, that sounds like a. This is another one of those. Expecting to put on a musical show, singing and dancing college students are brought to a struggling hotel to be guinea pigs in an ancient Greek-themed eugenics experiment. What? What? What the hell is that?
2: Sounds like a delightful rump. (laughs)
0: Like, I was with that entire thing until the word eugenics popped up. Alright, so I got nothing on that one. I mean, I don't even know where to take it. I forgot what I was saying. It had Leif Erikson in it. George Burns like was it. old. I, I don't know, apparently.
1: I don't I think the triumph of this movie is you can take something that has bitterness and rage at its core and make it entertaining anyway.
0: Yeah, and it, it it they try to do that nowadays. I mean there there are a several movies that have come out that have been trying to get to that maybe not pulling at the heartstrings but getting to the getting to the core of people's soul type of thing. Like what people are in the very inside of it, and I don't think it, anything in the last ten years has been good as as good as this.
2: I would have to think more on that.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely not a big studio release with stars of the caliber these guys were in '79. No, you might find something that is as hard hitting and thought provoking, but you're going to be looking to your indie films.
0: Yeah, I'm. At the, and I agree with you there. You're not going to find something mainstream like this anymore. This almost reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Pat, what's the name of that movie with uh, something in Maud? Stroker Ace. No, Stroker Ace. Harold and Maud. Harold and Maud Maud with the young kid and the old woman who who fall in love. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like this kind of that kind of thing.
3: Kind of a dark satire comedy, but not really a comedy. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, thing.
3: it would fall in line kind of along that same path,
0: yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, I, I fall in line and definitely in the what are people expecting when they uh, when they step into the movie theater versus what do they get?
2: Pennies from Heaven was a good one for that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, wow. But yeah,
1: but kudos Nobody to them enjoys. for making the the switch. It's like I expect the Marx Brothers and I get On Golden Pond. <laughs> <laughs>
3: balloons trying to imagine groucho marks and on golden pond <laughs>
0: you want to go suck face <laughs> oh y'all <you're> my
3: favorite
0: <laughs> all right so um have we talked about this one enough you think yeah i think i've said all i have to say yeah all right so in a little bit we will come back and we are going to talk about the 2017 zach braff uh joint yes (laughs) of the same name going in style 2017 be back in a little bit all right we are back and we are going to talk about the 2017 zach braff film remake going in style Uh, currently the the commentary on this one is, Desperate to pay the bills and come through for their loved ones, three lifelong pals risk it all by embarking on a daring bid to knock off the very bank that absconded with their money. I like any sentence that allows me to say absconded.
2: That's one of my favorite words.
0: It's a great word. Bubble. (laughs) Little. 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 Bumpless bouffant. (laughs) Gazebo. My tuba. Uh, Currently sitting at a rousing 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, This is, like I said, directed by Zach Braff. The screenplay is written by Theodore Melfi, who is known for such things as... (laughs) Melfi porn. I I, I didn't say it. I don't know where to take that. (laughs) (laughs) I love Melfi porn. You know what you just rose to the top of things that I am not going to search on Google, <laughs> so uh he did a movie called St Vincent with Bill Murray uh, also did hidden figures um, he did some short a bunch of shorts, something called Rochambeau uh, the story of Bob lots of lots of lots of uh little shorts and that sort of thing, so this little is little. <coughs> You no know, Words that sound weird once you say them, a little. Um, so this is starring Morgan Freeman as Willie Davis, Michael Caine as Joe Harding, Ellen Arkin as Albert Garner, uh, Joey King as Brooklyn Harding, and Maria Deza as Rachel Harding, uh, both Joe's daughter, Michael Caine's daughter and uh, granddaughter. Uh, Ashley osherberg as Kanika Davis, who was Wooly's granddaughter, Gillian Gasego as Maya Davis, Wooly's daughter, and Matt Dillon, who I was not expecting in this, as the FBI agent, Anne Margaret. Margaret? Margaret. Margaret. Anne Margaret Jelly. What? You put it on an English muffin, and then you have an Anne Margaret English muffin.
2: I would love to put Anne Margaret on a muffin. Mm hmm.
0: Even now, you know what?
2: Yeah, even now, yeah. she looks amazing. I, I don't care, man. She's gorgeous.
3: Mmm, Alan Arkin.
2: And she slept with Elvis, so that automatically makes her cooler than just about
0: anybody anybody knows. Did you say Alan Arkin?
2: If Alan Arkin slept with Elvis, I'd sleep with Alan Arkin.
0: <laughs> I'm talking to Joel.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: That You know what? I don't want to know. Let's keep moving. Uh, a couple other people. I but uh,
2: Joel, Joel wants to be in a threesome with Alan Arkin and Anne-Margaret.
0: Fucking
3: chicken
2: <laughs> again with the fucking chicken
0: thank you for picking up on that so uh christopher lloyd as the senile guy keenan thompson is keith schoenfield the grocery He tried sh-
2: to sell me cocaine
0: <laughs> he was yeah you know, i think i think the whole thing with christopher lloyd in this movie was just you know just go out and do what you want to do um it's
1: reverend jim two years
0: after taxi it really Anything was taxi exactly they just they didn't even give him a
2: script they're like they're just show up and do what you want
0: yeah josh pays as chuck uh, in a movie sabone <laughs> mm. Fallon hogan is mitzi really Yeah. Um, shabon 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 you skipped, you skipped over keenan keenan no i didn't yeah you did no i didn't he said keith john oh okay i missed it then i'm sorry john oritz is jesus garcia a man of unspecified credentials who agrees to show the guys a ropes, a pet store owner in Queens and the leader of robbers at the beginning of the film. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh fuck off. And <laughs> out of the blue, Peter Savenskovitz The Tick. Uh, the tick and also Garth and Saul from Guardians of the Galaxy, and the voice of Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode one.
1: See, I, I know him better as the uh, Lord from Parks and Rec
0: and the roommate from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. I for, completely forgot that he was in Shaun of the Dead. He has had a very extensive career. I like him.
1: Yeah. He so. is hilarious in the couple of episodes of Parks and Rec he's in.
2: Yes, he what is. What did he do in that one?
1: He was the English Lord that uh,
2: Oh my yeah, Andy yeah. works for. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Lord Eddie. And yeah, he keeps taking him around, like shooting tanks and shit, right?
0: Yeah, and yeah. while we're while we're on this uh, thread right now, I want everybody to call in and shame Joel for never watching Parks and Rec. <laughs> Usually, that's my uh, goading. Yeah, Joel has never seen Parks and Rec, and he doesn't see what the big deal is. Or Breaking Bad. Has he left? He may have gone. Uh, I'm here. Okay.
3: Just waiting for you guys to finish.
0: Okay. We're almost done. So trivia going in style grossed forty five million in the US and in Canada thirty nine point six million. Nope, uh
2: read that again. Thirty
0: nine point six million.
2: It grossed forty five oh, million dollars. Oh no, forty five million Canada.
0: Sorry. Forty five million in the United States and Canada and thirty nine point six million in other territories for a worldwide gross of eighty four point six million against a budget of twenty five. So good on them. But it was a success. Yes. Uh, the restaurant where Willie, Joe, and Albert meet for lunch is the same restaurant where Jimmy Conway usually met with Henry Hill in Goodfellas. Huh. That's which, good trivia. That is yeah, good I trivia. Would, I didn't catch that. Which, I that would mean something to me if I had seen Goodfellas yet. Oh, dude. I mean, dude.
3: I've, I've seen that one.
0: So the movie that everyone is watching the night before the heist is Dog Day Afternoon, which I have seen which is about a botched bank robbery. <laughs>
3: Attica, Attica.
0: That's a great movie. It is a great movie. And uh, Patrick, I put this one in here for just for you. When the men visit the hemp store, one of the flavors of marijuana is called Strawberry Cough. In Children of Men from 2006, Sir Michael Caine's character named a marijuana strand the exact same name.
2: And I did catch that.
0: Sexy Michael Caine.
2: And I have smoked strawberry cough. It is an actual strain now. Of course it is. And it really does actually taste a little bit like strawberry.
0: Does it make you cough? They all make you cough.
2: Yeah, they can all make (laughs) you cough.
0: Um, One of the cars shown in the suggested getaway cars is a Cooper Mini. And that is a nod to the 1969 Sir Michael Caine heist movie, The Italian Job.
2: And that was the genesis of... uh, the patron saint of 40 going on 14, Sexy Michael Caine.
0: Sexy Michael Caine, yes. Go back and wat- listen to the Italian job show. That was the genesis of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it was. Yep. yep. So this film is simultaneously the movie I was expecting the first time around <laughs> and a film that sort of misses the point of the original. I Exactly.
0: Agree. I agree with you so much on this one. Like, I didn't dislike it, but that's basically because
1: of the charisma of the three leads Mm -hmm. and the amazing supporting cast. It was just like, this shouldn't be all that great, but you put this cast in anything, and it's going to be pretty good.
2: Well, I mean, this is another one of those cases that we have frequently on this show where if this wasn't supposed to be a remake of what it is, it would have been a fine movie on its own.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, still would have been a little corny, a little campy. Though I do like the way they played with your expectations, showing you all the places. Like, okay, this is where they all get arrested, or this is where one of them dies, and then they swerve, but not in a cheap out way.
2: Right. It wasn't like you know they were paying bad homage to the first movie or anything. They just you know they they kept give, giving you thoughts or or hints that they were going to go dark and they just never did
0: well it it there's a formula to this movie i mean it's the oh you've got the three old men and of course morgan freeman michael Caine, alan arkin you've got high profile high profile actors that are known for doing kind of like off the cuff kind of weird stuff And nobody wants to see Morgan Freeman die. Nobody wants to see Michael Caine die. And apparently you want to get faked out and Alan Arkin dying. (laughs) I called that
2: immediately. As soon as they cut to that scene, I'm like, this is, I looked at my sister. I was like, this is a wedding.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and and I will, I'm going to.
2: It's become, it's become a trope now, you know, the whole fake out funeral.
0: Oh, yeah. But I will definitely say that if Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin are all hanging out together, there is no way Anne Margaret is going for Alan Arkin first.
2: (laughs) Probably true.
1: Not when Morgan
0: Freeman and Michael Caine are standing there.
2: You're biased for for sexy Michael Caine,
0: though. Oh, yeah. I'm completely biased for sexy Michael Caine, who I will say, even in this movie, is sexy. Well,
2: he's sexy Michael Caine. Completely. Fucking chicken. You
1: could have three lesser actors and still just throw in the supporting cast of Christopher Lloyd, Keenan Thompson, Peter Serafinovich, and you've already got like those guys all elevate everybody around them. Mm-hmm. Even Matt Dillon. Even well, yeah, that's the thing is Matt Dillon. It's kind of like wow, Matt Dillon. He's still doing stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: not working. Mm-hmm. He's,
1: just become
2: lo- a, he's become a very competent character
0: actor almost he he really is he's i was expecting him to live on the residuals of something about mary but hey good on him even that was kind of a character like i would say he
1: sort of flamed out with his last shot at being a real leading man in the early 90s like sometime around singles
2: wild things i think was his last stab at that yeah, yeah that, that could be
0: uh oh but I-
3: what, uh, I'm trying what, to think of some other examples. I was going to say, what yeah.
0: obscure movie does Joel think of right now that we don't know about that he's going to be like, oh, he was amazing? And I mean, that
2: was the last time he was in a leading movie that got any press, but the only reason it got any kind of traction was because of the, the, the sex scenes, not anything else.
1: I mean, he was in Crash,
0: but he's not the reason you go to see it. True. Hmm. He says, thinking All to right. himself that he has to go see Crash.
3: I had to oh, look it up because I'm like, there's got to be something else in there, but now, Crash I
1: can't find anything. Crash is going to be your best, but he's like a, he's on the poster, but I think it's very misleading because he's a small part of a very large en- ensemble for Crash.
3: I mean, it's, after a Wild Things, he did There's Something About Mary, One Night at McCool's, which he was a lead, but it was kind of a smaller thing.
0: One Night at McCool's is actually really good. It's all right, yeah. I liked it. Is Crash the one about the people that get off on Crashing Cars?
2: Not that one, no. That one's the one about... It's the really ham-fisted racial...
0: Oh, okay.
3: Won a bunch of awards and... Yeah.
2: Great cast, though. Spawned
3: to the B-series. Brandon Fraser.
2: Yep. I mean, everybody was in that movie just about... Got both war machines in the same movie.
3: Tony Danza.
0: (laughs) Oh, Tony Danza? Yep. I'm in. He was in it. Good on him,
3: I guess. Naked Jennifer Esposito.
2: You shouldn't be so racist, Angela.
0: <laughs> Mona.
2: And they're like, "Cut, Tony. This isn't who's the boss." What? You like my Tony Danza impression?
0: No.
1: Oh. It's about <laughs> as good as Tony Danza's Tony Danza
2: impression.
0: <laughs> what
3: Should were we Tony talking
0: about? Me? Wait, wait, wait. We we've we've gone so far off the map now. I forgot we were in style two thousand
3: seventeen Zach Graff joined.
0: Oh right. Sorry, yeah, we got onto this Matt Dillon down the beaten path. <laughs> so I would I, I watched it, I liked it, and I, I finished watching the movie and I was like, I like this because the movie was created and calculated for me to like it. Yep.
3: I saw it in the theater. I own it. This is the second time I've seen it. And no, it's not the same as the original. It doesn't have the same
2: uh, gravitas.
3: Right, pathos was a word I was thinking oh, yeah, of, yeah. but um, it's still a very well done movie. And maybe it's a little paint by numbers, but it's it's so well done and well acted and fun that you can't not like it. Well,
0: I mean, it's that goes into the hey let's get Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin and put them in a movie that where three old people do something crazy. It doesn't matter what the script says. Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin are going to do what they do and make it amazing. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, you could have said the same thing about the original.
0: Yeah, until they started dying. Until yeah, I mean, they the made me feel had the script going for
1: it. This took some of the issues with how we treat our elderly, and instead of making it the main course they made it an appetizer or the theme for the meal
0: i i agree with you there Where the the actual what they why they are doing what they're doing like michael Caine, he's doing it to save his house morgan freeman is doing it to make sure that his granddaughter and and uh daughter are taken care of ellen arkin uh is doing they it to,
2: because they stole his pension
0: right they stole his pension he wants to get an ann margaret's pants um so he's be- already got that. Oh, yeah. I mean, cause it's because that run, man. He's so... <laughs> How many people run like that? Fucking um... chicken? <clears throat> <clears throat> <throat> <laughs> but the thing is, is like the three of them, they... I, With Josh, what you said is it almost... The social injustice of what happens to elderly people in our society today takes a back seat to a cheap knockoff of Ocean's Eleven.
1: I would say it's a medium price knockoff, but you you've got hit the point there is that this is a movie about funny old guys doing a bank robbery because society wronged them. Where the original was about society wrongs old people, and we're going to show that through a bank robbery and what happens after. Right. Like which is the point and which is the uh like second the B side uh, is flip flop between the two films.
2: Yeah, this is a heist film that is motivated by old men wanting or wanting slash needing money, whereas the other one was, you know, not just a heist film. It wasn't about the heist.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the, the focus of the movie completely changed between the original and the the remake. I mean, no one in this went in style. They didn't go anywhere. No. (laughs) No. I mean, there was no going in this. I mean, and even with the with the Ellen Arkin fake out of the wedding. You know, it was, oh, he needs a kidney. Oh, he's got Michael Caine. He's got so and so. You know, at that point, you know he's going to live.
3: They just yeah. went in style a different way. Instead <laughs> of going in style in terms of they went to their great reward, they ended up making out with a couple million dollars and lived comfortably for the rest of their lives. Yes, no.
1: Well, I mean, I think that the, the whole point of the title is kind of like we're going out, whether we're proceeding into our third life in prison or just going to the great beyond. In this one, yeah, I guess you could make a case for, okay, they're in a new phase of their life. They went to that,
0: but it's a little bit more of a stretch. Ooh, hey, Pat, Helen Mirren and our Anne Margaret. Mm. Fucking chicken.
1: Two <laughs> words for you boys, Sophia Loren.
0: Ooh. Um.
2: Yeah, and, she and she filled. still looks amazing. Yeah, but Anne Margaret still. Oh man, Anne Margaret. And...
3: So Matt Dillon was into movies.
2: Sorry, I'm imagining a big granny sandwich.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I you know. Can't that is. Can't actually blame you. <laughs> that
0: is now the title of this episode: Granny Sandwich. <laughs> That's gonna confuse the hell out of everybody who, who yeah. The downloads. last time
2: we tried that with the with the, the does spider have does triple have puss puss. No, yeah, the last time
1: Aardvark. we tried that was something about aardvarks. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, what was that one? The Aardvark
0: No, that one? was the uh, choose your own adventure games.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, because you're yes yeah choose your own adventure c y o a and the anagram was. Something about cheesy yams over our hard marks.
0: Yeah, and then you guys told me not to do that anymore. Uh, That it's a master class in
1: anti-SEO.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But,
2: yeah. Anyway, where were we? And Margaret. (laughs)
1: And Margaret. I mean, it's hard to talk about the plot on this one because a lot of the pieces seem like they're Polished up versions of scenes from other films. I loved the heist plan and especially the way they did their alibi. Like the alibi scene was
0: maybe the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Especially with Alan Arkin, like, taking out the back wall of the porta potty. Yeah, and claiming he was
1: just taking a shit the whole time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Though, I do have to say the part that made me laugh the most is when they, um, they finish going to see Peter. Uh, what's seraph uh, We finish going to see Murphy at the pot store. And How he, can you
1: be a Eastern European veteran right. and not be able to say Seraphinovich? Why? Because
0: I'm like three or four bourbons into this show. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So, but the fact when when they're driving down and Morgan Freeman has his nose just hanging over the edge of the window. Yeah.
2: Well, after they got high. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's like, I gotta get a prescription for this. Now, me I,
2: I I I do have to say that when I was watching that, it kind of slightly bothered me a little bit that they were uh, Im- impugning weed s- simply because I know for a fact that Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine both smoke weed.
3: That's why but, it was funnier. Have you no, smoked no, weed no, with why, Michael Caine?
2: Why would they, you know, say the words that they were like talking about? Oh, it's it's the you know the drugs are doing that to him and all kind of stuff. It's like guys, you know that's not true.
1: Money. Yeah, but there are people who the first time they have really strong weed, that's how they
2: act. No, I'm talking about (laughs) Peter Serafinowicz was like that because of the you know.
1: Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha.
2: It just was a slight annoyance, nothing major. I mean,
1: but I don't think he was a fuck up in a low life because he worked at a dispensary. He was a fuck up in low life who happened to work at a dispensary, and Michael Caine is like, "Well, Mm -hmm. I'm an old guy. This is, I associate these two things." Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, like I said, that's, not a, that's a minor point. But my, my bigger sticking point is there's no possible way at any point during all of that training that someone wouldn't have said, hey, dude, don't wear that watch.
0: Oh, the one with his granddaughter? With his, uh, his, his granddaughter's granddaughter. face on it?
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's no good. possible way that wouldn't have come up at some point. Yeah,
1: hey, Zeus, that should have been one of the first things he saw in yeah. that 30 days is like that will identify you in a split second.
2: Yeah, and that was just that was just horrible. That was bad writing to to make that be a, a MacGuffin.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no way you can otherwise get the scene with a little girl deciding to let them go, but. I agree with you. It's a hackneyed way to get there. Yeah. And what was up with that? Was that the? It,
2: it's, it's false drama too. It's just a, it's a, you're setting up this whole thing that you know as a writer is going to have a shitty ending that's going to get him out of it. You know.
0: Well, I mean, was it the one granddaughter talked to the other granddaughter? And... That's what they implied. Yeah. No. No, no. 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 No.
3: Because he went over when he was over there talking to her and he was trying to calm her fears and talk to her and she realized who he was not at that moment at the bank robbery, but who he was as a person and that he was a nice old man who was looking out for her. She was returning the favor. She didn't talk to the daughter ahead of time. She was acknowledging the the granddaughter as she walked by because she recognized her from the watch, you know, like here's your grandfather back enjoy your time with them.
0: I exactly am I calling bullshit because that's... I have children and I know they barely remember what the, I told them to do 10 minutes ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's a movie. I'm with yeah. Joel on this one that this is at least what the filmmakers are trying to say.
0: But my point being like this, that's just
2: shit writing. They could have come up with something better than the whole watch thing that should have been handled off screen at any point. You know, he never should have been wearing the stupid thing in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just a shitty way to create false drama and that that was the, the my main problem with the whole movie was that whole watch thing.
0: I think
3: my biggest sticking point if we're going to go down this road which I love this movie by the way, but um is the ending where they've gotten away with it and yet they leave a have her $10,000 tip to the waitress and then they leave all of that money with the VFW or whatever it is. Cuz there's no way that somebody's not going to notice.
1: Sure. And he keeps his house somehow, but the FBI is already onto them and it's okay. Somehow.
3: Yeah. yeah. Those are the things that made me go, okay, that's a little bit far fetched. Cause if they're if he's that much of a, a hound dog about everything and he's on his ass that much, they're going to pick up on that so quick. Well,
2: it almost seemed like he was giving the vibe when they were walking out of the restaurant of, I believe now you guys are just normal citizens or whatever, you know. And he's talking to him about dogs and his business and how he can't have a dog and everything. I I almost believe maybe he just dropped it, you know.
0: I got better shit to do with my life, type of thing. Yeah. Just let
3: it go. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're going to be dead soon anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like he almost just decided, fuck it, whatever. You know, I'm not gonna. This is not the hill I'm going to die on. You know.
0: Maybe. What do you think about um? God, what was his name? Hang on, sorry about that. I'm back. The, uh, <laughs> it's nap time for Mike. Michael's feeling tired.
2: Podcast over. Mike's like, yeah. sleepy time go
0: ahead. Bourbon makes me sleepy. Um, the, the manager of the uh of the Keman? bank. Keenan Thompson. No, not the not the grocery store. Oh, now, that guy. that scene was amazing. Mean, yeah. Uh, pussycat guy. Yeah, the guy who pissed oh, himself. Oh, bank manager. Yeah. yeah.
2: Manager. Oh man, he was. His, his interview on on, on t on the the news was hysterical. It's like, oh, it was a heroic day for me. I had to be the hero.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing I was here. And I, I like they,
2: they were they were young and agile. I shot a shot so many shots at them and they evaded them all.
0: I don't. I like the scene when when he's firing at them and they he completely misses them on every single thing, and they kind of do almost do like a uh, Pulp Fiction.
2: Yeah. I that. noticed that too where they're all looking around and feeling yeah. like what, what? Yeah.
0: what just happened? <laughs> but uh no, he was kind of he was kind of douchey, but I did like the the uh interaction with the actual crooks in the very beginning where he's like yeah, where was... Michael King's like he's trying to take my house. He is give me your wallet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pees himself, which they make a pill for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was I mean, I almost, the thing is, it's like this This script was so by the numbers that I think Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin were just like, oh, yeah, I can knock this off in a weekend. Yeah. You know, if you want to see some good Alan Arkin, look up the, uh, uh, the in-laws. That's my favorite. Glenn,
2: Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh.
0: We've been
3: quoting Little Mary Sunshine.
2: Little Miss Sunshine.
0: Little yeah. Miss Sunshine. Sorry oh, Little Miss Sunshine, he's fantastic in that.
1: Yeah, I think 48% on Rotten Tomatoes is a little harsh. I, yeah, the script is, it's very formula, but the performances make up
0: for it. You think so? I do.
2: I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't find it to be formulaic or tedious or anything like that. I got into the characters. I thought the acting was great. It was fun. You know, the, the, They even still managed to get the twists in by showing you how they got away with the alibis and everything. I really enjoyed this movie.
0: I, I mean, I, okay, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it, but I just think especially when they started doing like the the jazzy music with explaining what happened type of thing and the the cool scenes sliding off the side of the screen, it went a little bit too far into Ocean's Eleven type.
2: Well, hit, I I hit think business. that was, you know, st- stylistically was, you know, the choice of Zach Graff to try to make it look more like a heist movie. It let you know less like a, like a like a, I don't like know a, a uh, movie about death. Yeah. Yeah. Really. A,
0: then why did I like the movie about death more?
2: I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. I mean, I
1: think the original is very clearly a better movie, but uh I, I don't think that takes a whole lot away from this one.
0: Yeah, I I can agree with that. I mean, this one. While it was, like I, said, I did say, it is very formulaic and it is very A to B to C to D type of thing, I honestly did enjoy watching it. That's not to say I'm not going to – I mean I'm going to like go out and buy it and watch it again because it – for my taste at least, it was too formulaic. But
2: – I mean if you want to see this type of movie but done in a very formulaic fashion, see that movie – Um what do they call old dogs? The one where with Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman and all they they play the old astronauts.
0: Oh, that movie is amazing. That, oh. but
2: how you how can you call it that amazing in this and this formulaic? I would say that one is much more formulaic than this.
0: Really? Yeah. You know why? Because they're not in space.
2: <laughs> That's true. I mean, the, the space angle is pretty fucking cool, but I mean, all right. Well, how about then? We'll go with uh, Wild Dogs. The tim allen and movie where they're all, they're all doing the the cross-country boat or bike trip
0: let's not okay one i that one looks so terrible that i didn't even want to watch it and the first one is actually called space cowboys space cowboys yes okay Ah, yeah, yeah. and not space dogs <laughs> not space dogs i
2: was i had half of it right That's
0: yeah sad. But Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, James Garner and James Cromwell
2: yeah, I'm not saying that's not a good cast. this movie was a good cast too, but I'm just saying that that was more of like a like an Armageddon type thing, whereas this I feel was more like a um I felt that this movie felt more like an independent type movie than than like a blockbuster type movie to me
3: that's Zach Braff for you
2: yeah, exactly
3: yeah I'll give you that.
2: This felt more like a Wes Anderson type movie than it did a, a oh. Armageddon type movie.
0: Huh. I'm gonna disagree with you there, but I, I won't say you could split I, the difference. Yeah, I don't know where, where Wes Anderson came Anderson. into
2: this. No, I'm just I'm just throwing it out as like I don't I don't feel like this you know this feels less formulaic like a Wes Anderson movie.
0: Fair enough. I don't know. Wes Anderson movies are more kind of like what the hell is going on.
2: Right, and that's not the that's not the vibe I'm trying to say that I'm. I'm I'm saying this movie is taking. Look I'm just at the
0: this, pretty colors.
2: It's le- yeah. It's more of a more of a more stylistic stylistically. Wes Anderson is kind of what I mean.
0: I won't go stylistic, but hip. <laughs> well, I don't know with the music and oh hey, look at me, I'm Morgan no, Freeman. S- oh, all right, well then fine.
2: Yeah, I would say definitely hip. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hip and shit. All right. All
2: but, right. Um, how about thumbs up, thumbs down?
0: Well, have we have we milked this monkey? I
2: believe we have. All right. Anybody else have anything to add?
0: No, no I think that uh, we've said what we needed to say about both films. All right. So, 1979, going in style, Joel, thumbs up. Josh, thumbs up. Well, Pat, we know. Yep, thumbs up. A thumbs up for me also. 2017, going in style, Joel, thumbs up. Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Thumbs up, Patrick. I will give it a thumbs up, too. Thumbs down. Oh, I knew it. No, I, you know, I'd watch it. OK, I'm giving it a thumbs up. And I actually said we need to buy this movie for my in-laws. <laughs> this is a movie that my in-laws would be like, oh, I totally get it. it. Reminds me of the time in 1978 when we tried to rob a bank. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I for as much as I was I was talking trash about it I at the end of it I really did enjoy this movie and I had a good time watching it which actually I have a really low bar on that sort of thing so I liked it so all right. Joel what are we doing next week TV TV <laughs> what does that mean TV like all of it Now, we're going to be talking about the actual television sets. Ooh, physical televisions.
1: Yeah, from the black and white uh, old tube TVs to our brand new 4K TVs that I don't know that any of us own. But televisions and our television habits through the ages. Very nice. Do you have anything to say about uh, old men robbing banks or maybe some of your own thoughts on our upcoming television show? You can give us a call at 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727 Alright,
0: and if you're looking for our older stuff Blueberry Stitcher Talk Show, Podverse FM NoonFM.com and the phone number that Josh just talked about, give us a call <laughs> uh, So uh, yeah, but thanks for listening We appreciate all you guys coming in, uh, hearing our stuff and giving us calls and letting, leaving us uh, reviews and stuff so keep it up You guys You're awesome I'm gonna make a piss pot out of your
1: head you know, I was going to go
2: there.
0: What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You'll find out when you're dead, Mike.
0: No, I don't want to. <laughs> make a, he's got the kind of head that people make piss pots out of. I didn't know they make piss pots out of head. I don't even know what a piss pot is. <laughs> oh, it's a pot you piss in.
2: Yeah. Oh. Sire, you look like the piss boy. Yeah, and you look like a bucket <laughs> of shit.
0: <laughs> you got to give me give me a moment to respond, man. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to episode two hundred and thirty if we're gonna go on for Tingbaggy. <laughs> <What? laughs> my brain was, went faster than my mouth.
2: That was Mike. I'm Patrick. Dude.
0: I'm Joel.
2: No, we're doing this. We're going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what has happened already? <laughs> I'm Mike.
2: The opening tip off just went horribly.
1: Holy shit.
2: All right, do you want to start over?
0: Yes. All right.
1: That threw me so far (laughs) off, I'm not sure what we're doing.